You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Hi, welcome back to another episode of A Bigger Life. Today we're going to go to the New Testament book of Galatians. It's a really early book. It's one of the first earliest books in the New Testament to be written. And it is about less than 20 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus. It's been written, it was written probably around 48 or 49 AD by the Apostle Paul. It's very early. It's one of his first. And he talks about Jesus rising from the dead in verse one, just right off the bat. He talks about Jesus's resurrection from the dead. And so you have uh, in this very earliest writing of the New Testament, a witness to the resurrection of Jesus as part of the tradition that Christians believe and part of the gospel that Christians preach. And uh, it's about removed, it's about as removed from Paul at the time, like if this is 48, 49 AD, uh, it's about, you know, less than 20 years. So it'd be like, you know, as distant as 9-11, 2001 is from us. Not that long ago, but long enough for a lot to have happened, for Paul to have been a persecutor of the church and then knocked to the ground by the resurrected Jesus, encountered the resurrected Jesus, the resurrected Jesus appearing to him, changing his life completely. And uh, now he is writing epistles to people. And that's what we're looking at in this epistle here. And the reason I want to look at this passage today in chapter 2, verse 20, is because there are certain New Testament verses that are so key, so important to how we see ourselves, how we see the narrative our life is in. And they just are worded so well with so much in them that we can memorize them and we can access them and meditate on them and pray them at times throughout our life. Uh, if you know me, if you've been a part of the crossing, if you've heard my preaching, you know that I'll slip into quoting Galatians 2.20 every now and then because it's such an important verse. Paul is talking about the point of the, of the Christian life. The whole goal is not to obey some sort of list, a uh, law of rules and regulations, but it's to focus on walking with Jesus, is to focus on living for Christ. And so he says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live now in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, that's an easy verse to memorize. I would really encourage you to memorize it. There's a cadence there that makes it easy. There's phrases to break it off. You can get it in a, in a day. You can get it in just a, in a, not too much time at all. And then you can access it. You can meditate on it. You can pray it. And it's a kind of meditation that's a prayer kind of meditation, a meditation kind of prayer where you're just ruminating on a verse and you're praying it back to God in a meditative kind of way. This is who I am. This is who you are. This is the life I want to live. This is what I pray that would be true in my experience as it's true in who I am. And that's a kind of meditation that changes my life. And I think it'll change yours. This is a great passage to do that with. It's one of those passages where Paul is talking about together with Christ. So I've been crucified with him, just like he talked about in Ephesians chapter 2, where he says that we have been made alive together with Christ. 
We've been raised together with Christ. We've been seated together with Christ in the heavenly realm. This is who we are now. We may not know that in our experience because it, it has happened to us. It's a mysterious thing, but it's how God sees us. It's what God has done to us in Christ, that Christ is in us and we are in him and we are so closely associated in him with him that his death and his resurrection, his ascension into the heavenly realm is ours as well. And so Paul says in Philippians that we are citizens of heaven right now, that heaven coming back to earth, but that's that's where we are citizens of. The reason why is because we've been raised together, seated together with Christ in the heavenly realm, made alive together. And here Paul talks about our being crucified together with Christ. Now, Jesus talked about in that in his prayer in John 17, in that mysterious prayer where he's praying before the end of his life, and he says to God the Father, he said, I'm in verse 21, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. And so Jesus is talking there about Christ being in us, us being in Christ, us being in the Father, the Father being in us, that there is this kind of oneness that's mysterious and, and we have to use our imagination to really grab as part of our narrative. And so one of the first things you want to do when we meditate on this verse is use your imagination to grab the narrative that you've been crucified with Christ, that his death is your death. His punishment, his death is the complete punishment for your sin. You have already died in Christ. And what Paul's talking about here is, therefore, he no longer lives for himself. That That's one of the themes of the Apostle Paul. I've been crucified to the world. The world's been crucified to me. He's always talking about how the fact that he has already died in Christ has freed him from all the systems of this world that made him a slave. Having already died has freed him from trying to people please because he's already dead. Dead people don't try to please anybody. He's already died in Christ, and it's already so that's freed him from trying to obey some big law of rules and regulations. He's already died to all that, he talks about. He's already died in Christ, and so he has died even to being a slave of his own sinful nature, trying to get him to live in a way that pleases himself and has no regard for, for being accountable to God. He's died to that because he's died. It's hard for us to grasp, but one of the main things the Apostle Paul saw was that Christ's death was our death. It was his death in Christ, and that changes who we live for. It changes who owns us. It changes what the rest of our life is. And so he says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. I mean, of course it is. It's, it's, it's Paul, but it's a, it's a more Paul. It's a Paul with Christ, but Christ lives in me. In other words, my creator has recreated me with himself again. Just as in Genesis 1, we were created in the image of God, but that image has been torn and tethered, and we've been exiled from God's presence in a world of thorns and thistles and dust and death and a, a dysfunction of sin, a dysfunction of unbelief, trying to figure out how to justify ourselves, trying to figure out who to live for, who to please, trying to be somebody in this world. And Paul says, "All that's I'm, I'm done with all that. I've died to all that, and now the Creator has infused my life with Himself. He lives in me, and I am in Him. And so the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. And here's what he means by that. He means that, that the whole, what makes my life so worth living now, what makes my story so exciting, what makes the narrative of my life, 
one that brings me joy and purpose is that I'm not having to live to justify myself anymore. I'm not having to live somehow to find my own purpose. But now I have the very creator of the universe living in me. And I've been so associated with him that I am in him and he is in me. There's about over 160 times Paul talks about what makes a Christian a Christian is that we are in Christ and Christ is in us. And so this is, a again, we have to use our imagination, but the Bible narrates our lives, that we are in Christ. And so we have this different identity that Christ is in us. And so we have this different identity that God of the universe is infusing our life with his own presence, but he is the son of God. He is the perfect person. He is what was lost in Genesis 3. And this Son of God now becomes our status before God, since we're in Him, crucified with Him, made alive with Him, raised together with Him, seated with Him in the heavenly realm, that the Son of God is now our status. You're a child of God with the full status that Jesus has before the Father. So Jesus says in verse 23, Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them, his disciples he's talking about, even as you have loved me. So here's what's happening here. That the reason why God loves you just as much as he loves Jesus is because you're in Jesus and Jesus is in you. This is your identity. This is the narrative of your life. You've been already crucified with Christ. You've broken through death to the other side. You've been made alive with him, in him. You've been resurrected in him, with him. You've been seated already in the heavenly realm with him, in him. And so the life I live now, Paul says, I live by faith in the Son of God. That's who I am living in me. That's who he is. And so that's who I am. And I live by that trust. I live by trusting the son of God, he says, who loved me and gave himself for me. This is one of those places where Paul talks about Jesus's death being very specific for Paul and very specific for everybody who is in Christ and Christ is in that Jesus died for me. It's not just a slogan. It's not just a bumper sticker. It's a biblical truth that we have to re-narrate our lives with, that Jesus loved me. I don't understand all this, but somehow, and this is consistent very much with the prayer Jesus prays in John 17, but somehow Jesus loved me. God loved me. He became human in the person of Jesus. He became the perfect son of man, the son of God. He lived a righteous life. He died on the cross for my sin. He rose from the dead to give me a new life. He is seated in heaven to be my guarantee of a place, a citizenship in heaven when heaven returns to earth, the kingdom of God on earth. This is who I am because that's who Christ is and Christ is in me and I am in Christ. He loved me and loves me and gave himself for me. So Paul's saying because of that, because he has this intense love for me to die for me, I can trust him so I can live by faith in the son of God because he loved and loves me and gave himself for me. And if he's already done that for me, then there's nothing else he won't do. He's already done the hard part. So there's nothing else he won't do. I can trust him with my life. I can live for him. I can trust him because he has given me his righteousness. He has crucified himself and crucified me in him and risen from the dead and raised me with him in him, seated himself in the heavenly realm. He seated me there with him. This is what he has done for me so I can live by faith in him. This is the only narrative that's not a dead end. 
This is the narrative that gives my life purpose. It gives me a righteous standing before God, and it gives me this confidence that I stand right before God, not because of obeying a list of rules, but because I've been crucified with Christ. I've been raised with Christ. Christ lives in me, and so he's the Son of God, and the Son of God lives in me. I have the same status. He loved me. He gave himself for me, and so now I can live by trust in him. Now I can live keeping my eyes on him. By I can live by putting my belief my faith, my reliance, my dependence, by leaning on him, putting my confidence in him, trusting in his love for me, trusting in his will for me, that it's according to his perfect love. And it's according to the fact that he's the one that sacrificed for me. Now, here's the thing. You won't really get the power of this verse until you've gone through it and meditated on it as being true for yourself. Paul is talking here autobiographically, but this is one of those verses that we can too. And so this is one of those verses where this becomes your re-narrating of your life. We're going to do that right now. I'm going to lead you in a time because I want you to see how when you meditate on this verse as a prayer, it becomes part of your drawing near to God. It becomes part of your growing in your faith in him, it becomes walking with him and it becomes part of re-narrating your life. So let's do that now. Oh God, the God who loved me so much that your word says here, because I'm going to believe your word is true. Your word says that you loved me so much that you became human in the person of Jesus to die for me, to give yourself for me. It's those two things that I have to believe, that, that your word is true and that you love me. And I trust that you love me because you died for me. I trust that you love me because your word tells me that you love me. I trust that you love me because I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ himself, the Messiah himself, the King himself, the true Son of God himself that lives in me. Jesus, you live in me. And so the life I live now, I live trusting in you. I've been crucified with you. I've been made alive with you. I've been raised from the dead with you. I've been seated in heaven with you. This is who I am. I want to see myself the way you see me. You gave me the righteousness of Jesus. You give me your righteousness. You take my sin upon the cross, and I have died already in Christ. You give me your resurrected eternal life in Christ by raising me from the dead in Christ already. That's as good as done. And I am a citizen of heaven. This is who I am. I have died to trying to please the world. I've died to trying to justify my existence, prove myself, prove my worth. I've died to all that. I've died to having to live for the world's approval. I've died to having to succeed according to the world's standard of success. I've died from having to find some sort of purpose to my life that is self-contrived. I'm dead to all that. 
I've died and I now live to you. I live with the Son of God in me. I live with you in me, infusing me with your very life as the creator of this universe and as my creator. You live in me. The I am lives in me. Life itself lives in me and infuses my life with life, infuses my life with righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus, frees my life, from sin because I've been crucified with Christ. And so I live by faith. I live by confidence in you, Jesus, trusting in you, trusting that you're with me, trusting that you're in me, trusting that I am in Christ and you are in me. This defines who I am. It defines what my life is about. It defines my purpose and it defines my destiny. I am a citizen of heaven, and heaven is returning to earth, and I will be resurrected in a restored body on a restored earth when you come and establish your kingdom. This is who I am. I've already been crucified. I'm already dead. I live now for you. I live now unto you with your life itself infusing me with your power and your love and faith in you and the truth of your word. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer... I trying to live for me, but Christ now lives in me. And I now live for you, Jesus. The life I live now, I live by faith in you. Faith in you as the Son of Man and the Son of God. Faith in you as Christ. Faith in you as King. Faith in you as the one who gives life, who is life itself, and lives in me with all your life-giving power. I live by faith in you that your will is good. I live by faith in you that your commandments are for life in me. Because you loved me and gave yourself for me. You love me with an intense love. And I choose to trust your word, not my feelings. I choose to trust what your word says right here. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.